Always great to be able to sing a hymn by Martin Luther about the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. Just a very touching hymn of praise. Our text on this day of Pentecost, taken from Acts chapter 2, and I'm going to continue on with the readings from verse 29 in that chapter. Peter's sermon. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not descend into heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Here ends our text. We call this the amazing day of Pentecost. Why was it so amazing? The disciples had gathered after that resurrected Christ had ascended into heaven and there they were for 10 days waiting for that promise of the Holy Spirit to be given to them. Did they know? I don't know what was going to happen, but suddenly a mighty Scirocco, a wind, the sound of a mighty wind came and they were all gathered together in that house and they suddenly began to speak and proclaim the wonders of God in the languages that literally the dialects of people from all over the world. If you map it, it's just like a clock where it goes all the way around to people who had come from all over the world to Jerusalem. And there they were hearing in their own native dialects the wonders of what had just taken place. And they wondered what this was all about. When Peter got up, he proclaimed to them that this was the fulfillment of a prophecy that was in the book of Joel in the Old Testament. But it was a fulfillment of the prophecies of all the Old Testament as this Christ was now going to be as the exalted Son of God, the one who would pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. And you have to remember that, that everybody in the world was now going to be able to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the people had asked, 
what must we do to be saved? He didn't say, go out and do X number of good works, and if you say this and do this and do this and do this, that you will therefore be saved. He said, repent. Metanoeta is to have a change of the way that you are thinking, to put your mind not on the earthly things, but on the heavenly things, not on the words of men, not on the teachings of men, but on the teachings and the ideas of God. And what you should do is be baptized. Receive this gift that God has given to you in those waters of baptism in which we gave little Matthew today, a gift of the Holy Spirit that even a little child can now know who God is, who Christ is, and receive a gift of everlasting life, cleansed from all guilt, cleansed from death, cleansed from all these sins that would defile us. That Holy Spirit would do all the work. And the people did. And many of them, therefore, were brought into this new church, this church that would now be born, a Christian church that would now give birth. It was the amazing and wonderful and wondrous day of Pentecost. Well, we would say there are so many things in this text that are really amazing, but I'm going to point out just two things that I think are the most amazing thing about this day in this birth of this Christian church. The first is that the Holy Spirit did something unusual, incredible. He literally brought Christ to the people of the world. What do we mean by that? Well, this Pentecost experience is kind of like the inside out of what happened at the Tower of Babel. There as men came together and united as men, there was nothing that they couldn't do and they were going to build a tower even up into the sky so they could defy God. And God, seeing this arrogance, smashes their languages so that now there's confusion. And in their confusion, they were now to scatter to the four parts of the world and to the earth. And now they would be divided. Pentecost was just the opposite of that. In the Old Testament days, in that time of the patriarchs before Jesus, things were different. Because there was now only one language that the Holy Spirit spoke in. It was Hebrew. And as that Hebrew word was centered in Jerusalem, it meant that everybody had to go to Jerusalem to find not just the temple, but to find the priests and to find the sacrifices and to find all the images that would tell them about what it is that Christ would someday do. And it was a veil that the people had a hard time being able to see through. But everybody had to come to that one place and that huge barrier that went around all mankind basically meant that people had a very, very hard time ever being able to know and understand the truth of who God was. It was there in that limited place. But now all of a sudden, something has changed. Now all of a sudden, the language of one people has become the language of all people. This language of one place now would become a language in every place throughout the world. This language that could only take place in that image of one worship would now be a worship that could take place in every place on earth. And this one temple 
that could only be cleansed by blood would now be the same blood of that Son of God that would cleanse every single one of our personal temples as well as the places that we worship even here today. And that one priesthood that spoke the word of God would now become a universal priesthood of every Christian where every Christian would become a mediator for the world out there between this world that had lost God and the God who had loved them and sent his son to redeem them. That is to say, this is the reason for why it is that Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you. Receive the forgiveness of your sins for the promises unto you and to your children and to all who are far off, to all as many as our Lord our God will call. And then he went on to say what? Now, be baptized. You see, in the old days, in a sense, you had to all go to this one spot to hear the word of God. Now, what the Spirit was doing, he was, he was taking that seed of the word of God and he was blowing it off into the world. In fact, it's called the diaspora. As those people went out into the world, the diaspora, the spores of God, were going to go out into the world and they would bring just like in the parable of the sower of the seed, the word of God will be planted in the soil of men's hearts because Christ would come to everybody's heart and mind by means of the word of God. And there would be, just like that parable says, there would be those who would be hard-hearted soil that could not penetrate. There would be those who would be rocky soil who would receive this message of Christ, this Christ that would come to them, and then because they had no ability to stand up to the rigors of the faith and the tribulations and trials of life, they would fall away. And there will be those who with cares and anxieties about this world will not bear much fruit. But that word of the seed that goes into the hearts of men would now blossom forth and people's lives would not only benefit from all that Christ brought, but others would benefit through them, like seed from plants that had been seeded. That's one of the wonders of Pentecost, that Christ would be brought to the very hearts and the minds of not just those people, but also for us, even here today. Every day for a Christian is a day of Pentecost. The other thing, well, if the first one was that Christ was going to be brought to people, now the people would also be brought to Christ. A Christ that now did something that could not be done before. Now let's think about this. Think about all these different cultures throughout all the world. And think about the ancient days when those cultures were not connected by modern communication and telephones and all the things that make people are, are that ordinarily unify people. You'd have people who would be living out in some mountain valley out in in this in the in Spain, and they would maintain languages that they had kept for thousands of years, and they would have very little contact with anybody anywhere. How is it possible that somehow? all these, this teaching of this Hebrew Old Testament, this teaching of redemption, this hope of everlasting life, this promise that had been given to the first man, Adam and Eve, and so on and so forth. How could that be brought to the world in which we were living? This is the amazing miracle. 
is that now, as that seed of the word went out to the people, now all of a sudden, people's minds and hearts could begin to understand what had taken place and think about what had taken place. That this Son of God, this second person of the Godhead, had entered into human flesh. And when he took human flesh to himself, it meant that God wanted human flesh to be brought into heaven. And because his human flesh was sinful, that he wanted to redeem it and purchase it and buy it and cleanse it. And that in the resurrection of his own body, he wants to be able to take our bodies and raise them out of death into everlasting life. And how men's hearts that were soiled with their own sins and soiled with their hatred of God and soiled with their fear of judgment would now be turned by the Holy Spirit into living, living hearts, living flesh. And men would begin to love God once again, the God who had created them and knew them, and a God who would also give them everlasting life. Not only was it that Christ would take people and bring them to God, but also he would come and take us to be with him even here and now. You know, we sometimes talk about Christianity as, well, isn't it great to read this historic document that's going to take us back to what happened a couple of thousand years ago back here? What's happened back there is going to happen here today. This is not just a gathering of people who kind of remember old Bible stories. This is a place where we are literally in time and space entering into the glories of heaven and we are partaking of the heavenly feast. That's what we sing in our liturgy, isn't it? That we are going to take of the body and blood of Christ that is being given to us. And as he gathers us around the words and the sacraments, he is pulling us up into heaven to be with him. You can't see it, but we sing it in our liturgy with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. We laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, and we sing, we sing the words of the host of heaven. We, because of this Holy Spirit, are being brought into the presence of God. Then again, there's another way in which we are being brought to Christ and to God. We are told in this text that this Jesus who was crucified, not only was he raised, but he is now at the right hand of the throne of God on high. And it means that you and I as Christians receiving the Holy Spirit, this little baby right now, who has been received by the Holy Spirit is actually going to live forever and ever and ever in the presence of God. You want to know why Pentecost is so amazing? It's because when they said Christ himself has been raised, those people knew full well that when they were baptized into Christ, that they became co-partakers with him in his resurrection. And it meant that they would no longer ever have to worry about death. 
we believe that? Do you believe that? Do you think that possibly this is the reason why it is that they went and they sold their possessions, they had everything in common, and they gathered together every single day in the apostles' doctrine, in the breaking of bread, in the prayers, and with joyful hearts, they lived their lives. What does it matter if we died? What does it matter if we lost everything that we had? What does it matter? We're with Christ, and we're going to live with him forever and ever and ever because he has conquered death. That's what the Holy Spirit does. When we receive the Holy Spirit, it means that that Spirit who gives life and breathes life will never ever take that eternal life from us. And to live our lives in the fullness of understanding of that incredible gift is what Pentecost is all about and why it is that it is such an amazing, an amazing day. It helps us to put our lives into perspective, doesn't it? We're on a journey. We're on a journey right now that we cannot be stopped from achieving a journey that we are going to have a life in the presence of God for all eternity. I think this is why it is that Peter said, save yourself from this corrupt generation. The world thinks like the world. The world is all about the world. The world is all about material things. The world is all about me, and the world is all about you, and the world is all about what we gain and what we have. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. This is not what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit sets us free from that. Devote yourselves, just like they, to the apostolic doctrine, to the breaking of bread, to prayers, and with glad and sincere hearts, praise God for the gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to his church on this great and amazing day of Pentecost. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard and keep your thoughts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.